Hey, I'm Wendy Tamas Robbins, and I lived with a variety of anxiety disorders for over 40 years. If you're struggling and looking for support from someone who's been there, you've come to the right place. And if you don't have anxiety, but you're struggling to understand what everyone's talking about, yeah, I got you too. I'm honored to be your host, your guide, and your coach, helping you explore and navigate all things mental well-being. When I realized my comfort zone had turned into a prison, I went on a journey to find freedom and to step into the life that was waiting for me on the other side. Now, I'm sharing everything I learned with you, the tools and the treasures that are buried inside all of us. I'm a recovering perfectionist, a professional panic attacker, an anxiety coach, a speaker, an advocate, a corporate attorney, a stepmom, wife, and now a best-selling author. Get ready for real stories of struggle and transformation that are as messy as they are magical. I'll cover mindfulness and nutrition, meditation and movement, resiliency and recovery, and everything in between. So whether it's a solo show or a conversation with one of my guests, you'll leave feeling less alone and inspired by examples of what is possible. This is my invitation to you to stop hiding and meet me here twice a month to reveal and connect over our deepest vulnerabilities so we can carry the weight together. And remember, I'm not a medical professional or a licensed clinician. I'm a small town girl who achieved big dreams while unraveling inside and then turned her anxiety into her superpower. Let me show you how to transform your anxiety from your kryptonite into your cape. So whether you're taking a drive or a walk or just a moment alone, this is your time to feel heard and held, seen, safe, and supported as we hold space for our collective struggles. This is the Perfectly Panicked Podcast. We are together, together. So before we start, before we not dive in today, because this is really just, we're dipping our toe into the shallow end and we're just going to sort of wait around there. This is no deep dive, not a lot of heavy stuff today, which is nice for a change. Nice every once in a while, right? But before we get there, I want to talk about Cave Club for a minute because this community has evolved into such a force over the last four months. I talk about imagining a place where you can be 100% yourself, a space where being vulnerable is celebrated, where sharing insecurities and showing up with maybe fear or even falling apart a little bit sometimes is supported by people who know exactly how you feel. A place where women bring their empathy, their compassion, their wisdom, and they build connection and community with it. This is the strength, the essence, and the magic of Cave Club. Cave Club is my global wellness community exclusively for professional women. There are wellness services for everyone, whatever path you're on. There's one-on-one -on -one and group coaching, peer support groups, well-being activities like meditations and yoga, wellness workshops like defining your core values, writing your mission statement, cultivating connection, future selfing, and building boundaries. 
and actually perfectionism. That was just last week and that was amazing. And we have monthly experts covering all aspects of the eight pillars of wellness with marketing and business growth experts, financial planners specifically for women, nutritionists, mental health professionals, educators, and coaches. A typical month has a session every day of the work week, providing a buffet of options. You'll be overflowing with opportunities, but not overwhelmed by a rigid curriculum or time-sensitive coursework. You create, you curate your own self-care journey here. This is not about adding to your to-do list. It's about valuing yourself enough to fill your tank and valuing the influence and impact that you have on others enough to show up for them as your best self. You'll also have access to the complete library of recordings from all of the past month's sessions. So the club has everything you need to succeed on your wellness journey. I've totally got you covered. And you know what's easy? Hiding in your work, in your busyness, when no one is watching and abandoning yourself. You know what's not easy? Consistently showing up for yourself. Finding a community to keep you accountable is essential before these practices become ingrained and habitual. Having the support you deserve is not a crutch. It's what thriving people do so that they don't have to spend all of their self-discipline and willpower, which we know are finite resources, in this one area. And I'll be there for you every step of the way because I've been exactly where you are. As a professional wellness coach and as a former big law attorney for 24 years, I understand the unique challenges facing women in the professions that you all are in. I understand the unique challenges facing professional women today. I understand your struggles, your fears, and your mindset. As professional women, we want someone who has walked in our shoes and who gets us. That has been one of the biggest difference makers with members when deciding how to spend their time and spend their money. And unlike most traditional therapy, this coaching is forward-looking, goal-oriented, actionable, and immediately impactful. My approach to professional coaching is unique because it encompasses all aspects of your life. One member said, I had been looking for support with concerns related to anxiety, making the time for self-care, life coaching, and executive coaching. So it has been absolutely amazing to find Wendy and Cave Club, where I can learn and get the reassurances across all of these areas. In just my first three weeks of workshops and coaching sessions, I've come away with so many strategies and I have a sense of confidence and motivation that was missing before. I'm already making changes so that I can prioritize myself, feel less overwhelmed with work and family priorities, and work on both mental and physical wellness. I couldn't recommend Cave Club more, exclamation point. There's nothing like Cave Club in the coaching market, not this integrative approach or this multidimensional collection of offerings and services. I don't ascribe to the belief that we can compartmentalize our wellness and separate our parts into silos. My approach to wellness is about integration. Your career affects your family life and vice versa. Your physical health affects your mental health and vice versa. Many, if not all, of our underlying fears, insecurities, needs, and desires come from the same place and seep into all aspects of our lives. That is what we address to create immediate progress and fast results. 
One member joined for executive and career coaching. She left her job after being on the fence and waiting for permission for decades. And now she's landed in a space where she's leveraging her experience and education and feels truly valued and more fulfilled than ever, not just in her career, but in every aspect of her life. Another member was struggling with being a complete workaholic. I'm sure most of you can relate. It was affecting her job. Her bosses value her, but fear that she was burning out. Her fiance was always mad at her for not prioritizing that relationship. She wasn't working out anymore. She wasn't even eating or sleeping through the night. Every aspect of her life was being affected in a very negative way. And after just weeks in the club, she said, I watched an episode of Ted Lasso where they explained the Japanese art of kintsugi, where broken pottery is repaired with gold, making it more beautiful and valuable than before. It struck me how this is exactly what you're doing for me through Cave Club, helping me take my broken pieces and transforming them into something beautiful and valuable. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for inspiring me to take this journey and discovering myself so I can truly find happiness by being the best version of myself in every aspect of my life. So whether it's anxiety, mental health, relationships, nutrition, physical wellness, these things do not happen in a vacuum. I want all of your pieces working together to optimize your life on every level. I want you running on all cylinders so that you're showing up in the world as your best self as soon as possible. So click the link in the show notes to find out more or go straight to caveclub.us and register now. I can't wait to welcome you into the club. And P.S. Listen to the end of this episode for details on a special eight-week program coming to Cave Club members only at no additional cost starting on July 10th. And truth be told, I need this program as much as the members. So you're not going to want to miss it. And don't leave now because we are diving into this episode. Oh, not diving. Waiting. Waiting is such a nice, juicy, lovely word. We're wading into this lovely episode on self-care and self-care stacking with no more ads or promos, I promise. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Perfectly Panicked podcast, everyone. This summer, I'm so excited because I'm back every other week with content that's so relevant to you and what you're going through um, because you share and I listen and I hopefully react to your needs. So today I'm talking about something that's been on my mind a lot lately and on yours. How the hell we take care of ourselves while taking care of everything and everyone else. Because as we all know, if we don't do it, no one else will. And if we don't do it ourselves, it won't get done right and it won't get done to our standards, right? So we are taking so much on ourselves. We're taking too much on to the point of burnout. So how do we get out of that cycle? First, we're going to just talk about what self-care looks like. Um, 
you know, we've been talking about this just sort of globally since COVID started and even a little bit before then, but so much during COVID, how important it is to take care of yourself, to exercise and meditate and get quality sleep and eat well. And these are the same things that we hear over and over and over. But friends, there is so much more to it. There's so much more going on. And it's just so much better than that. There's such a vastness to it. And I want to guide you into those spaces today. And this is really, you know, what I love as a very busy professional and high stress job. I want somebody to make it easy, to make it quick. I want shortcuts, whatever you've got. So this is exactly what I'm dishing out today. Shortcuts. I've done the work. I'm giving it to you. You just get in there and be efficient. So we're going to talk about, like I said earlier, what self-care looks like. It's not just manis and petties. Sorry, you can do them, of course. It's part of it. But um, And also how self-care supports our well-being and wellness. And then what's sabotaging your commitment to self-care and how you can hijack your brain out of it. So important because we all sort of know what to do. And then we ask ourselves all the time, well, why don't we do it? What's stopping me? What's between me and this thing? What are those mental barriers? Why aren't my behaviors changing? What's going on? And then I'll leave you with some specific tips on self-care stacking, which I created that little concept all by myself. And I love it because again, it's efficient, it's effective, and it's efficient. <laughs> That's the most important thing because we none of us have time, right? We're all looking for ways to be super efficient. So let's start with what is self-care? Self-care, the concept itself is relatively new to Western culture, but it's, you know, has a much older tradition in Eastern cultures because Eastern cultures have historically had a more preventative rather than reactive approach to health. But Western culture is starting to, you know, starting to lean that way now too. So um, Eastern cultures tend to seek to manage our energy in the economy of our energy before they become depleted. And it hasn't been until more recently that Eastern cultures really look at that as well uh, through practices like you know mindfulness and yoga and things like that. But self-care itself is the act of taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and socially so that you can be healthy in each dimension of your life, your career, your family, your community, and you can do all the things you need to and want to accomplish in your day. It's how we better cope with everyday stressors and build resilience for the major stressors that inevitably come our way. But it's also about looking after our minds and emotions, you know, through activities that nourish our spirit, that feeds our soul. The things that replenish those energies we talked about earlier and fill our tank, essentially. Self-care is what we do to promote our well-being and our wellness, which is a state of mental and emotional, psychological, spiritual well-being, healthy, a healthy state of mind, a healthy body, a healthy spiritual practice, if that's 
what you're into. So let's first talk about some things that you can do to uh, promote your physical well-being. Let's look at the physical sphere first. First, eating healthy, exercising regularly, getting quality sleep, right? We all know these. These are the basics. And I already mentioned them earlier because they're everywhere. Also, taking breaks throughout the day, taking vacations throughout the year, um, getting a massage, seeing an acupuncturist, taking baths, taking walks, seeking physical, emotional, and social connection. This actually does help our physical well-being, believe it or not. And unplugging from your job, unplugging from your phone, even from your kids, maybe. Some, just taking some time to be quiet and still and alone can really promote physical well-being. And then, of course, adding in regular doctor or dentist visits, doing other things like using sunblock and using clean beauty products, which I'm going to do a podcast on in a few weeks that I find so important, especially post-cancer uh, diagnosis. So watch out for that. Now let's talk about some psychological well-being, which is crucial to your mental and your physical health. According to the American Psychological Association, psychological well-being involves being both happy and content with low levels of stress, good mental health, and the good quality of life. So what are some self-care practices that you can do to promote psychological well-being? Practicing mindfulness through self-reflection and self-awareness. You can also do that through journaling, aromatherapy. God, I love my essential oils, I swear. And I saw this study the other day where uh, somebody did took pictures, basically, of brain activity uh, while people were, you know, sniffing eucalyptus or sniffing lavender or peppermint. And um, the results were quite dramatic. And I really, I just love it before, you know, as I sit down to do work, it just, I feel really clear. I feel like it kind of washes out the forefront of my mind. And anyway, also some psychological uh, self-care practices, doing something creative, like drawing or painting or cooking. I had um, a member of Cave Club email me recently and she said, you know, I used to draw and paint and sketch all of the time, but then I stopped. You know, once she became a professional and is in a long-term relationship, you know, those sort of things start to fall away. But she said after just her first few weeks in Cave Club that she had suddenly started doodling everywhere. And she said, art makes me happy. And it's something I never got to pursue or even spend free time doing. So now I'm starting little by little in my journal with words and bringing the images together with my feelings. And she said, who knows, maybe even I'll start painting again in a few months. And it just really struck me that this opened, you know, it struck something in her spirit again, this, this space of creativity that I think is so, you know, that can cross over from psychological to spiritual as well, because it really sort of opens and reawakens something inside of us. Also, breathing exercises are really helpful for psychological well-being, um, emotional regulation, listening to music, 
going to the ballet or the symphony or, or a concert, relaxing in your garden or at a beach or taking a walk in the woods, reading a self-help book, starting a gratitude journal, and then maybe just thinking about positive qualities or strengths um, of yours, you know, just those quiet times on the train or on the subway or whatever it may be. And then you can take a bigger step by engaging a therapist or a coach like me. You can find support through peer support groups like we have in Cave Club. Um, those are amazing ways to support your psychological well-being and emotional, which we're going to move into next. Emotional wellness is described as understanding and being aware and comfortable with your feelings and being able to feel and process and express those emotions in positive and constructive ways versus destructive ways like reacting and regretting, like lashing out when you're triggered or numbing and hiding from them. So here's some things you can do to nurture yourself in this area. Positive affirmations. I used to really scoff at these honestly, but I love them now. I love them in the morning, just doing a meditation. If I'm not into being quiet or I have all these things in my head sort of rushing through to-do lists, things like that. If I go through just positive affirmations, whether it's someone guiding me or I just make them up myself, it really gets my brain like laser focused on the positive. And I love heading into my day like that. Another thing you can do is cry which I'm a big crier. I love it. I promote it because crying is your body regulating your emotions like anxiety and grief and fear. And emotional tears actually contain stress hormones and they play a big biological role in balancing these hormones in our bodies. So crying is a natural release of sort of when these stress hormones are dumped into our body because we have this really strong emotional response to something. And the process of crying stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system, sort of balancing out, that's the brakes to the gas pedal of your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight response. So crying actually has this calming effect on your nervous system. And studies suggest that crying stimulates the productions of production of endorphins. Endorphins, as we know, are our body's natural painkiller and our feel-good hormones. So guys, get out there and start crying, honestly. What else can you do to promote your emotional wellness? How about volunteering? You know, that always feels so good. How about laughing, watching a funny or you know, stand up comedian on Netflix or watching a show that just makes you crack up. Like there's nothing like a belly laugh, a good belly laugh to just change your emotional state like immediately. Saying I love you to someone, showing positive emotions, uh, spending time with your pet. God, pure unconditional love right there. That will change your emotional state immediately too. And then something bigger like practicing self-forgiveness or self-love or self-compassion, a little bit more difficult, but so effective. And some of these carry over into spiritual well-being, right? The next sphere, like volunteering or practicing that forgiveness or self-love or compassion. Um, 
spiritual well-being typically means having values and beliefs that provide meaning to your life and having the opportunity and the motivation to align your behavior to them. You can, again, spend time in nature. I find that hugely spiritual, especially when there's like huge, old, beautiful trees. I love tree bathing, which is a practice, I believe, that started in Japan. Um, And I learned it last summer, and it was just really therapeutic for me uh, for the last year, just sitting at the base of a tree and just being still and quiet and sort of absorbing the energy of it. You can also meditate, practice yoga, um, watch a sunset or a sunrise or the stars and the moon and the fireflies. I just came from Vermont um, just before I recorded this episode and the fireflies were out in full force. They're just so amazing. Whoever thought up fireflies, God, like that was a good day. That was a really good day. It's just so magical to stand outside in that pitch dark and see a beautiful crescent moon with a planet right next door and stars and the fireflies just playing in the field. Then you can pray in something bigger, you know, join a spiritual community, a church, something that aligns with your values and your beliefs. Um, Just some other self-care practices to nurture some of your personal growth you know, exploring what you want out of life by figuring out your likes and your dislikes through travel, through relationships, through friendships, through romantic relationships, learning something new, like an instrument or a foreign language or how to cook or bake. You can also do things like Uh, journaling your short-term and your long-term goals, making a vision board, So I did this. I started with um, sort of my personal journal and I started with my core values. I listed probably 20 to start and then broke them down to about four. And then I created a mission statement. We did this in Cave Club actually a few weeks ago and it's such a great practice. I also wrote my daring manifesto which I believe I got that idea from Brene Brown because yeah, I think that, I think it's in Daring Greatly, her her book, Daring Greatly. And so I drafted my Daring Manifesto. I cut out pictures of images that resonated with me of women showing, you know, strength and commitment and compassion and courage and grace and authenticity and peace and calm. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at them now as I record this, I'm actually flipping through and, and doing, um, looking at them, being reminded of it. Um, and then I, you know, wrote some other things like, what do you know of pain? What do you know of grace? What do you know of gratitude? What do you know of grief? What do you know of fear? Just some prompts for me to dive into some of that self-exploration. And then a few other self-care activities that you can do sort of in your professional life. I think these are really important because I talk about professional well-being and work with professionals um, so often. Managing and maintaining boundaries is really the first one. I think it's so big. What does that look like? It looks like learning how to say no in a way that doesn't burn a bridge, but actually builds it. Um, And if you're wondering how to do that, 
I talk about that in one of my programs and, you know, shoot me an email. Uh, I'll be happy to respond and give you some suggestions there. Making time for lunch. This is more boundaries. Making time for lunch to actually sit and eat and take care of yourself by nourishing yourself with good, healthy food and sustenance and appreciating that time, taking regular breaks, micro breaks throughout the day. All of the research shows that even just 60 minutes makes you more productive, not less productive. Uh, don't repeatedly work late. Don't make this a habit. You know, there are times that we have to sprint. I get that as a lawyer. Uh, so many professions have really busy seasons, um, but as you start doing it over and over again, really just take more care and be, be aware of, you know, how much that may be um, just a, a bad habit. Um, don't work during your time off. Don't work during your vacation. Don't work during your weekends. Really turning off is difficult. Sometimes so many people say, you know, if I just look and get it done, then I'm not stressed that things are building up and building up and building up. It is a practice. I get that. Um, but it's an important one to be able to fully unplug. And I've learned to appreciate that more than ever over the last year, because I was definitely in the former camp where I felt like if I just took a little bit off my plate every day, it would feel better. But actually unplugging entirely is a whole new level of self-care. Um, taking vacations and sick days, including mental health days, making sure that you're taking those, they give you those for a reason. Um, finding a good mentor in your workplace can be hugely supportive. And then finding a place to work where your boss or your manager has really good communication skills. I hear this come up a lot where, uh, you know, people just are not being treated uh, that well. Because a lot of managers, frankly, haven't been taught to manage. They've been put in that role. You know, maybe they're a lawyer or an accountant or they have some other skill. And now they're managing groups of people and not necessarily with the skills that they need to be in that position. And it's through no fault of their own, frankly. It's just how the hierarchy is created. Um, but really being mindful that that will be something that will affect your well-being going forward. And then having goals that are measurable, achievable, and meaningful. This is really important to your well-being. And having supportive colleagues. Um, and then continuing education, you know, always being sort of in your growth zone. I think that's really important. So I hope these were helpful. Practicing self-care is so crucial to supporting and promoting all of the pillars of well-being. Um, you know, the Global Wellness Institute describes, describes this work as the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health, which is just a great succinct way of saying it. I love that. So if you're thinking how wonderful, like all of these suggestions sound so great, um, but you're still wondering how in the world you can fit these into your overscheduled and overwhelming life, I know exactly What's sabotaging your commitment to self-care? I've been looking at this for probably over a year now. And it's not time. It's not money. I know that that's probably, the, those are the first two things that you're thinking. But 
the three things sabotaging your self-care commitment, I'm going to tell you right now, are awareness, a lack of self-worth, and a present bias. And you're thinking, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? Self-worth, present bias, awareness. Yes. I talk all about it in my guide, the three things sabotaging your self-care and how to hijack your brain out of it. So I'm not just presenting the problem, I'm presenting the solution. It's quick, it's easy to digest and implement, and it's easy to see immediate results when you, it, you're you going to just have a big aha moment. Like, wow, I never really thought of that, but I've thought of it for you. So it's quick, it's easy. It will make total sense to you. It will just click into place. So speaking of click, click the link in the show notes to download it. Um, or go to wendytamisrobbins.com backslash self-care. That's wendytamisrobbins.com backslash self-care. Last but not least, I want to talk about self-care stacking. This is another way that uh, you can be super effective and efficient. You've probably heard of habit stacking from Atomic Habits by James Clear an amazing and very popular book right now. He got this concept of gradually incorporating new lifestyle habits into your routine by associating them with an already established habit, habit, (laughs) habit from author S.J. Scott, who wrote the book Habit Stacking, shocker, 97 small life changes that take five minutes or less. Sounds like an amazing book. I haven't read it, but Habit stacking involves following following up one habit with another habit. And you can help build these new habits by weaving these habits together. So for instance, and a lot of these um, are self-care. The second ones are self-care, essentially, things that we've already talked about. So after you pour your cup of coffee in the morning, you meditate for one minute. After you take off your work shoes, you immediately change into your workout clothes. After you sit down to dinner, you say one thing that you're grateful for that happened that day. Um, You know, these are things where the reason that habit stacking actually works so well is that the current habit is already built into your brain. It's already that... um, the neurotransmitter is already there, that neural pathway. And you have patterns and behaviors that have been strengthened over all of these years. So then by linking your new habit that has not been grooved into your brain, by linking it to that cycle that is already built, you make it more likely that it's going to stick and that you can really um, create this new habit over time. Brilliant, right? So this is certainly one way to start incorporating self-care. It's fantastic. But my twist on this is self-care stacking, which, you know, you can do both, actually. You can have it stack and then add a self-care stack at the end. So once you've created time in your day, say 30 precious minutes to practice some self-care, I want you to get the very most out of it. So if you do just one activity, like walk on the beach, that's great. It's whatever you do is great. But what if you could do 
three or four practices at once, getting the benefit of all of them in just that 30 minutes? What if you were walking on the beach with bare feet in the sand, listening to the waves while thinking about all of the things that you're grateful for in this last year and hydrating with a bottle of water? That's like one, two, three, four, five self-care practices that you're doing simultaneously in just 30 minutes. So stacking these practices, again, makes your self-care time extremely efficient. So what I've done is I've created another download because, well, it's a roadmap to creating your very own stack. It's including much of what we just talked about, much of what you just heard and likely didn't write down, right? I don't sit there and write and take notes while I listen to podcasts. So I'm guessing you don't either. So I'm giving it to you. You're going to get the menu of options and then you mix and match your own personal stack. I've made it super easy to get the most out of your self-care time because I know your time is precious. And I want you devoting it to your care, not Googling self-care tips or asking ChatGPT like the quickest way to well-being. So you can create stacks like getting a massage with essential oils while you meditate on affirmations and you breathe deep. That's like the typical massage anyway, right? That sounds fantastic. You could go out for a run listening to your favorite music, like from the 80s that make you feel just invincible. I guess that's something I would do, but um, that's a couple. That's three right there, exercising outside, listening to amazing music. You could journal while eating a detox bar or smoothie, while listening to nature sounds. Um, There's three right there. So go download this roadmap, this habit stacking um, PDF in the show notes or at wendytamisrobbins.com self-care stack. So the first download is just self-care and then just add self-care stack. And you're going to get this menu of options where you can just, you don't have to Google anything. You don't have to keep thinking about it. It doesn't have to be difficult. This is your shortcut. Just post it right there whatever, next to your screen, your computer screen, or in your journal, or I don't know, I have a little push pin board that I would put mine up on. And when you have that time, just go up there and pick three or four and just do them all at once. So two downloads today that are game changers. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope that, um, you know, if you do love it, I would love for you to click follow so you don't miss an episode because they're coming every other Wednesday this summer. And I'd love for you to send it to a friend who you think would love it too. Um, I think we all need a little or a lot of support right now. And you can help pollinate this positivity by spreading the word. Um, So I'm sending love and light out to all of you. And until next time, be well. As promised, I'm back to talk about a special program that we're doing just for eight weeks in Cave Club. On July 8th, I'm guiding members through this eight-week journey to a healthy gut, a strong body, and even clean beauty. 
It's the total body reboot. I want everyone to feel lighter, leaner, and less toxic, both mentally and physically, by September 1st. I've been on the diet wheel since I was 13 years old, and I know that it was fueled by self-loathing, not self-love. I've been overweight. I've been underweight. I've struggled with disordered eating and drinking. I've used food and alcohol to numb my uncomfortable emotions, to transition out of days in my high-stress job, and to claim those little dopamine hits that I believed I deserved. Now, with many years of training with therapists and coaches, nutritionists, trainers, healers, and a lot of trial and error, I've learned how to untangle the complicated relationship between my mind and my body, the importance of gut health on our physical and our mental well-being, how to meditate to actually accelerate weight loss, how loving your body at every stage also accelerates the changes that you're looking for and how being critical only perpetuates the cycle of destructive behaviors. So during these eight weeks, we're gonna explore how to rebuild that gut health, how to lose those extra pounds if you want, how to curb the cravings and the emotional eating, how to reduce or eliminate alcohol again if you want, how to build strength, resilience, and flexibility mentally and physically, how to remove those toxins from your beauty routine, and how to change your thoughts to change your behaviors and promote optimal well-being. So if you're wanting to be better at feeding your body, at moving your body, at resting your body, at talking to your body, at healing your body, and repairing your body, and most of all, loving your body, you know exactly what to do. Join Cave Club now at the link in the show notes or at caveclub.us and join other members on this complete body reboot. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate, review, and follow this podcast because it all helps to expose the show to listeners in need of support who are looking for a safe place to talk about mental health all of which helps to end the stigma surrounding it. And remember, you are not alone, and we're all in this together. We are together.